Welcome to the Grief Bully Podcast. I am your host, Jay Nicole. Thank you for joining our weekly discussion around grief, mental health, and overall personal wellness. The Grief Bully Podcast will serve as a vehicle to help you navigate life's journey. Be sure to subscribe, review, and share the podcast with anyone in your life that you think it will help. Let's bully grief together. What's up? What's up? What's up, beautiful people? Welcome back to another episode of the Grief Bully Podcast. I am your host, Jay Nicole. Guys, we are back in the building, rocking and rolling, episode 165, and we are going to get into our conversation today. I'm looking forward to this dialogue. I've been, I've been educating myself. I've been learning a little bit more and just educating and learning and applying and navigating and sifting through so much information that I tried to digest it, break it down and decide what I wanted to talk about. But before we get into that, if you enjoy this content, if you trust me when it comes to content and what I'm feeding my soul and my brain, then I want you to go over, check out this podcast that I personally love and enjoy have been a big, big fan of the host for many years now. She's amazing. She's awesome. And she is bringing us content, exploring the stories of professional creatives, artists, entrepreneurs, finding out what it takes to make a living doing what you love and going the unconventional path. That's Heather Parody, the Heather Parody podcast. Definitely, you want to go check that out. It's a great listen. If you're trying to do amazing things in your life, if you feel stuck, you're like, ah, I don't really love this. I kind of could do this. I know there's more in me that I want to do, but how do I do it? Go check out the Heather Parody podcast. And if you reach out to Heather, let her know that Jay Nicole sent you over there. Yep. Signed, sealed, delivered. So we're going to get back into this conversation today talking about this. I always talk about how society isn't really, let's say, welcoming. They're not really like, okay, hey, everyone, let's kumbaya and sit around a table and talk about grief, right? Grief is this heavy, taboo thing. It's something that's not sexy, if you will. It's a very difficult life experience. And so as I'm reading and learning and educating myself, I started to realize in the text that even just as it comes down to how we deal with the end of life, we're even changing the verbiage from, let's say, funerals to celebrations of life to let's not make this a down situation. Let's be really upbeat about it. Let's do these things. And I understand. I understand that we don't want to be plagued with sorrow. However, in reading, I realize and open my perspective to a different vantage point. That by doing those things, we are kind of sort of setting ourselves up and the people around us to not really have a place for their sorrow, for their mourning. So it's like if we're having a celebration of life, would you cry at someone's birthday party? Would you want to cry if we're celebrating a promotion? The two and the two really don't go hand in hand. But if we look back at history and just the beginning of time. A lot of people were dealing with death right in their homes. A lot of the caregiving was taking place right in the homes before people. So children, adults, everyone was seeing this happen. Someone was ill and had an illness. They were being cared for in their house. So what that means is that death itself wasn't as foreign, wasn't perhaps. And again, I didn't live during those times, so I can't speak firsthand, but I can only imagine. And from reading that. It wasn't such a, 
I don't want to say like a shocking thing, but it was something that was maybe more of a norm. Death was more of a norm at that time. And so as we've moved on and we've advanced, so for one, we have less less mortality because of medicine and modern day technology and where we are now. So that does bring that down. But there's also hospitals and doctors and different types of care providers and nurses that come to your home. And so we have all of these things. So that aspect of it is being removed. So we're a little more far removed in some circumstances from the death themselves. And so with that being said, it makes it like death isn't as welcoming and I'm not saying that we should be excited about it but I did look at this and say wow we are trying to create and even myself included whereas I try to say hey let's try to have more joy in our lives but not particularly around the death I think there is a reason and there could be a justice to allowing ourselves to feel that sorrow so if there's a space created early on just a philosophy just a thought process If there's a space created early on for us to mourn openly, for us to allow our sorrow to run wild and free versus having to bottle it up in the beginning initially and then trying to get back to that place where we create space for that. But if everyone is trying to say, hey, this is a celebration of life, we're not going to be sad. But it's like, I am sad. I am sad. I am hurt. This is a difficult situation for me. This is something that I have to cope with. And if we provide an environment where that's possible and some religions and some some societies still do make that more on the on the front and part of it. I know the Jewish community sits Shiva and certain things like that. So there is more welcome in space. But I've learned that, too, is that grief doesn't just show up. Grief doesn't just show up. Grief waits to be welcomed. So you, you're going to have to if you if you want to lean into this aspect of it dive in and let it happen and so I I do believe in some circumstances we will grieve when we're ready but for the majority of people who feel this sadness they feel this overwhelming sense of sorrow and devastation but they don't feel that there's a place that's been created a plate a table set before them to be able to actually just be sad to be heartbroken to be devastated I can relate. I can understand how we we feel that way, especially when we speak about religion in certain aspects where, hey, these are the things. This is this is a part of life. This is something we have to get adjusted to. So let's not be sad. This person wouldn't want us to be sad. But it's like I am sad. So maybe if we can just be how we feel in that moment and not have to particularly contain our sorrow and worry about our grief in that way and perhaps who it's going to be offending and how that could be a problem for us I think that's something to really think about as a society I do believe there's been advancements I do think that we are moving forward we are moving forward in a way where it can become slightly more something you can communicate but I do think that the more that we are in hospitals and we're not forth it's not in our face so much and we're having more celebrations of life and we're doing different things where it, it can just be very difficult. Some of the context I've been into lately is just gives like such a deep dive. I'm so I think I'm so intrigued. I feel like the a dimension has been opened in my brain, different aspects and scenarios to look at when we talk about loss and just how it is. And it's just that this thing. So we talk about I should save this maybe for another conversation, but we'll just get into it because it's kind of it's kind of flowing. So we wonder why I've wondered 
I talked about this on our, on our last episode where there was a woman who was so upset and so distraught in a grief support group that I was attending. And now I understand that there's acute grief that happens initially after someone passes away. And then the goal is for the integration part of it. So for us to be able to integrate the loss into our lives where our life can continue on with the grief in it. But some people end up with complicated grief where there is no advancement. And so that does become a very difficult place for someone to be in. And so I think these things where we move further away from being comfortable with the sorrow, I do think that it it advocates and it kind of catapults people more into that complicated grief section where I don't want to necessarily use the word stuck, but I, I think that right now would best describe what I'm saying where some people get really stuck is and, and they can't transition. The integration is not able to happen where the longing and the yearning for that person's return hinders the ability for the continuing bonds. So it makes it harder to even transition to even think about carrying that person in your heart because we haven't gotten to the place where we can realize that they're they're not coming back. And so I, I guess what I'm trying to say, and I'm, I'm hoping that it's making sense, is that I'm learning because this is the thing. Sure, I'm the grief bully and I'm dealing with my own grief and my own losses over the years. And I've been podcasting and having this show and this content specifically for over three years now. But I'm always evolving and I'm always learning. And what it's helping me do is to start to look at the losses in my life and say, hey, you know what? This is what they are. And and how do we integrate that? How do we keep these relationships going in a different way? I think that's a very hard concept for some people to get to because they're so, so stuck on, on the death and that they're not here. And so a lot of times when we're so focused on that, it doesn't leave room for us to have those continuing bonds and for us to change that vantage point and perspective because it's blocked by this. And being so focused on someone's death, I think it hinders us from being able to really see their life and to be able to see the other parts of them. And I know that that happened to me. And I've said that, that I wish the I wish that I can remember the joy of your life without the pain of your death. And so I'm in a season where I'm trying to lean more into the joy of their lives than the pain of their death. So instead of being so focused on the fact that I believe that cancer killed my father and look at it like, hey, my dad was pretty cool. There was a Facebook memory that came up the other day where he helped me put the first the floor down in my first office. And just hearing his voice first, I, when it came up, I, I just strolled right past it. I was like, no, not today. I'm not going to hear his voice. And I'm like, you know what? I do want to hear his voice. Let me hear it. Now, I didn't share it online again because I try to be conscious of my family and my friends. I don't want to catch them off guard like that, especially my brothers. But I listened to it. And it kind of made me smile a little bit, whereas in the past, it might have made me very sad. But it's all about perspective. And so now I can carry that moment and those memories. I can be more open to them because I'm I'm open to the transition. And this has been a few years. My dad passed away in 2019. So there's people who I've read about and I've become educated on that having dealt with certain losses and been able to mourn and grieve for years. So this isn't just for fresh wounds where you have to make this decision and say, hey, 
I want to be able to integrate these losses. But when you have that acute grief and you want to make that transition and integrate so that you don't go into the complicated grief aspect, then that's what I want to advocate for. And I think the more that we can become as comfortable as possible with the idea of death of our own lives and for those around us, then maybe that could help because there will be people in your life. We talked about this recently that won't be comfortable with it. But if you yourself perhaps can maybe become as comfortable as, as you can with the losses and really be able to see them, try to see them for what they are, then maybe we can start to see some of the potential of the greatness of that person's life. Because for so long, the first thing that I think about when I think about my loved ones that passed away is that they died. Yeah, that was like really clear right there. And I don't know who that helped, but there's got to be other people out there that when you think about those people, the first thing you think about is their death. Not so much the funny times that you had or the great memories or what you did in school or the trip you went on or anything like that. It's like, dang, they died. So I want to encourage us to be able to, as we full circle the conversation, be open to understanding that there's more to those people than the fact that they died. But the fact that they died did and does bring us great sorrow. And if we can create space and if we can create tables and pull seats up for people to mourn their losses and to outwardly express their grief, then perhaps we can have less people going into complicated grief and more people going from the acute grief to the integration of it and being able to intertwine and have continuing bonds and relationships versus the severing and being stuck. That was a mouthful. That was certainly a mouthful. And and I I don't even want to give you too much more in this conversation. Perhaps I want you to be able to digest that look into it, take a magnifying glass, take some glasses and really reflect on this conversation and see where this applies to you. Where are you in this? Do you feel that there's been, I don't want to say fluff, but too much changing of perspectives around what death really is in our lives to make it more palatable, but then it kind of pushes us further away from the reality of the fact that we do need to mourn. I truly believe and if you're a believer, I do know I, there is blessed are those who mourn. I know that that is a part of life. And so I hope that we can create more space where we all can feel more comfortable to do that. And, of course, more hopeful. And so I am thankful for you continue to tap in and tune in with us here on the Grief Holy Podcast. It's always a pleasure to share anything that I learn, any knowledge, any evolutions that I have, any new revelations that I think could help you in one way or another, or just challenge you, give you something else to think about, something, some other conversation to have with someone else so that it becomes a chain reaction and we can all cope better and grieve together a little bit better. So that's always my plan and my goal. And listen, like I told you before, in the beginning of the show, definitely go check out the Heather Parody podcast. Always going to tell you guys great content to help add to your life. Only only addition, no subtraction. If you're listening to the audio, I would love for you to leave a review. Let me know your thoughts, what you're thinking about the show, how it may have helped you in one way or another, whether that's on Apple Podcasts, Spotify, any of that good stuff. If you're watching it, leave me a comment. Let me know your thoughts. I'm always looking and hoping 
to hear from you. I heard from someone in the UK recently. That was pretty cool and just certain things like that. So I'm always going to get back to you as much as I can. And if you want to get with me directly, then you should know. But maybe you don't because maybe you're not following me on Instagram. But you can definitely slide in my DMs. Hit me up. I will do my best to get back to you. But you can't do that unless you're following me over on Instagram at I underscore AM underscore J Nicole. Guys, so next time you already know. Love and light. Peace.